0: Hello, friends. Welcome to Resting Church Face, a podcast. I am your host, Amanda Allen, and this is episode 20. And this week, we are going to talk about self care. So sit back, relax, slice up some cucumbers to put on your eyes like they do in movies, and let's talk about this. Self care kind of seems like a buzzword lately. I hear it all the time. I see it on Instagram. And anytime that I think about the word self-care, most of the time I think about women in matching lounge sets, eating chocolate, doing face masks, and drinking red wine while they're watching TV. And that is just something I've never really been interested in or good at. And that kind of relaxation sometimes feels more like a chore to me, like it's something I'd have to schedule in a calendar. So lately, I've started to think about self-care in a much broader sense. It it is physical. I think we need to take care of our bodies, but it's also mental, it's spiritual, and I think it's really specifically unique to every person. So my idea of self-care may be different from your definition, but I think there are some things that if you're like me, I think we all could benefit from, and I think they do fall under that umbrella of self-care. So let's just talk about different ways that we can hit that reset button in our life, recharge, refocus, and yes, relax. So let's get started. Like most people, I thrive with a routine. But I hate to admit that. There's something in me that just rebels at the idea of routines. It's like, I think to myself, if I have routines in my life, this is the death of spontaneity. But the truth is, I'm not all that spontaneous. (laughs) It's not like I'm taking off and going to Europe every other month or, you know, going to Mexico for a vacation. I mean, I'm going to Target. Sometimes I don't plan on going to Target and I go. That's the level of spontaneous activity that I have in my life. So I don't know why I resist routine so much, but I always do. And I think it's, there's something in me that doesn't like to be told what to do. And for some reason, it feels like having set routines is somebody telling me how to live my life? Even if it's me telling me how to live my life, it's, I'm very confusing. <laughs> I'm a mess. But I have realized that having a routine, several of them during the day, makes me a calmer person. It just makes me a little more well-adjusted. So the first routine that I like to go through in the day is making coffee. And guys, listen, I'm one of those people that need coffee to be a kind person. <laughs> I hate that about myself that I'm so dependent on the caffeine, but I really am. But it's not just so much the caffeine. There is something very soothing to me about that first cup of coffee. I go outside on my porch to drink it or I will stand by the window. And honestly, it's probably the only completely silent moment of my day. I don't do well in utter silence. I have to sleep with a fan. I just There's something about complete silence that sometimes is loud, if that makes sense. But that first cup of coffee, I really like to have in total silence. And going outside, I like even more because it's not completely quiet, but there are birds, there are whatever, you know, sounds of the morning that are going on outside. And it really just helps me focus. I think through what I need to do. I pray. I just set the tone for my day with that quiet moment with my coffee. And it really does help me to just tackle the day. And then the next routine that I consider self-care is getting ready for the day, even if I'm not going anywhere. When I first started working from home in September, at first I was like, oh, this is great. I don't even have to get dressed. I can stay in my pajamas all day. And there are days that I do still do that. But I realized pretty quickly that I am a lazy person. (laughs) And if I stay in a lazy mode, like in my pajamas, I'm just less apt to get the things done that I need to really finish. So I have figured out that I have to get ready for my day. Even if I'm not going anywhere, even if I'm not going to see anybody, I need to take a shower, put actual clothes on, and just feel a little professional. Uh, And it also helps to know that if I have to leave the house pretty soon for any reason, or if somebody does come over, I'm not in a panic. So that, again, it calms me down. And then the next self-care routine that I do is eating food. And I know that that sounds, duh, we have to eat food. But there are times that I will be doing things throughout my day, especially since I'm at my house, and it'll be like three o'clock and I'll be like, when is the last time I ate food? And I'll be like, well, maybe I haven't had anything because I'm not a big breakfast person. I tend to drink coffee and then just get right into things. But I have found that actually eating food, and and not just a snack, which I'm really bad to do too, actual food, taking a break from your workday to prepare lunch, like real lunch with protein and vegetables, and things that you need to nourish your body, really makes a difference. It really. Remotivates you to keep going throughout the day because we do need nourishment. Coffee will not cut it for the entire day. And I also have found that when I will take the time to prepare good food for myself, I don't eat bad things in the evening, which is what I'm tempted to do when I don't eat well throughout the day. It's a lot easier for me to run to McDonald's or to order a pizza when I'm tired and I haven't eaten enough and I'm starving. So, taking time to actually prepare food is self-care and it's a routine that has helped me a whole lot. Okay, the next one was surprising for me when I started doing it because I am just not an organized person. Take a look at my car, (laughs) if you doubt this. Uh, You know, they say that like the state of your house will mimic the state of your soul. And I really do find that to be true because when things are a mess, I typically am a mess myself. I'm having a hard time When I am organized and my house is clean and things are put away, I am just a way better version of myself. And so I have started doing little cleaning housekeeping routines throughout the week. And I know a lot of you are listening to this and you're like, I have always been this way. This is how normal adults function, Amanda. I agree with you. I am not disagreeing, but I'm a little late to this game because I have never been a great keeping everything organized housekeeper. So I just started doing things like on Tuesdays, I wash sheets. On Thursdays, I vacuum. On Fridays, I dust. On Saturday, I do all the laundry. I mean, it just, I do a list of things every day. I I just kind of keep a tally. And it has helped me so much to avoid that panicked clean thing. Like, you know, when someone's about to come over and you've got a psycho clean because everything is a mess, it feels so good at the end of the day to have a put together house. And that routine of just keeping things organized and keeping on top of it, doing a little bit every day, I mean, I know this sounds dramatic, but it has changed my life. I, I sleep better knowing that things are ready to go. I just, I'm a calmer person. it All of these things add up to make me a calmer person. And then the last self-care routine that I do every day is a bedtime routine, I mentioned this a little earlier, but I have a hard time sleeping. I have always struggled with sleeping ever since I was a kid. I'm lucky if I get six hours of sleep a night, of steady sleep. I'm just a super light sleeper. I have really vivid dreams. I just, I I wake up really easily and I have a hard time shutting my brain off. I will lay in bed sometimes and be furious at myself for not sleeping, but I just can't turn my mind off. So Having a routine that I go through at bedtime every night at the same time has really helped me. So around 10 o'clock, I know that's late for some of you, but remember, I don't have kids. Um, around 10 o'clock, I just start to wind down. I take the medications I need to take. I do the skincare routine that I do at night, and I really indulge in it. I take all the time to let all the products sink in. I listen to the music. And then I am in bed by around 1030. I will read a chapter of a book or I will watch a YouTube makeup tutorial or something that I'm interested in, and then I really try hard to have the lights out by 11 o'clock. Another thing that I do is I listen every night to a podcast, which is called The Sleepy Bookshelf, which I love. The Sleepy Bookshelf, she reads classic books in a very drowsy way, and most of the time I will drift off to sleep while I am listening to this podcast. Of course, I have to bump it up to 1.5 speed because otherwise it's really slow. But having that routine, starting it at 10, being in bed by 11, has really helped me to sleep better. And, and also, you know, like because of that, to wake up at a decent time. So those are just some of the routines that I do every day that I do consider self-care because they really do help me to stay motivated and to keep myself from burning out. course, self-care wouldn't be self-care without a little bit of pampering. And there are some things that I have started doing throughout the week that just make me feel better as far as my appearance goes, because I think we really do all need to feel good about the way we look. That's It's essential, and I don't think it's vain. I think it is just something that helps us be well-rounded and helps our self-esteem, Right. So one of the things that I've started doing is giving myself enough time to get ready every day. Again, I know that sounds like a, of course, everybody does that kind of thing, but here's the deal. I historically underestimate how long it takes me to get ready. I think this is because in my teens and 20s, I could get completely ready in an hour, like no problem, hair, makeup, out the door In, in an hour or less. And I kind of prided myself on that because I was like, not like other girls. <laughs> I was a cool girl. I could get done without a lot of effort. I could get ready. But now I'm in my 40s and I just have to accept that it takes me longer to do all the things to be presentable. There is now extensive skincare. Makeup takes a lot longer because I'm having to do a lot more than I did when I was 18 years old. And so I have started giving myself. A full two hours to get ready. Now, do I most of the time need those full two hours? No. But I love the unhurriedness of it all. If I have to leave the house by 10 o'clock, I love getting in the shower at 8 o'clock, taking my time to, again, do all the skincare routines, all the serums and the lotions, putting the right products in my hair, actually doing my hair with a curling iron or a straightener or a round brush, making coffee... Drinking coffee while I do my makeup, listening to music, just not being hurried, you know, having time to make sure that the clothes are ironed. So I'm not just like running around the house, you know, panicking to myself that I'm late because I did not give myself enough time. It has made such a difference in my just day to day schedule. I show up on time to things because now I'm actually usually ready a little bit earlier. So I'm not running out the door. I'm actually leaving at the time that I said I was going to leave. So yeah, giving myself enough time to get ready is a is a huge self-care pamper thing for me. The next thing that I'm trying to do a little better is to regularly make maintenance appointments for my hair, my nails, things like that. When I was younger, I did not have to get my hair colored all that often because being gray was not a thing. And now I have noticed that those gray hairs on the sides of my head on my temples it's like an invading species <laughs> they just they're not there one day and i wake up the next morning and there they are and there's a lot of them and i don't know about y'all and they're also here's a bonus they're a completely different texture than the rest of my hair they're really really wiry like they're trying to like spring off my head and so i realized that i actually have to make hair appointments far more frequently than I used to. I used to be able to go months, but now I need to make those appointments. I need to call and say, hey, every six to eight weeks, I need to get in. And so I've started trying to make those appointments and then make the follow-up appointment as I'm leaving. So I will go. Same thing with nails. I am one of those people that will get like the gel nails because I like having the gel because I'm just not careful enough with a regular manicure. I will chip it on the way out the door. But then I'm really bad to just let it keep growing out and just keep trimming my nails. So I I get like a weird looking French tip by the end of it. And people are like, oh, that's an interesting choice. And I'm like, no, that's just where the gel has grown out. So I've tried to be a little bit more intentional about keeping those appointments. Because again, it is a little escape. It is a breather. Can I do most of these things myself? Yes. I mean, I can wash my own hair. I I could color my own hair. I could do my own nails. But there is something about letting somebody else do some heavy lifting for you that just feels great. It's a time for you to just have for just yourself. You don't have to talk to anybody if you don't want to. You can empty your mind, think about what you want to, and just enjoy having somebody pamper you just a little bit. It's good self-care. And then lastly, I've just tried to be a little bit better about going to the doctor and getting medications that I need. A few episodes ago, I talked about how I really don't like to go to the doctor. And that probably will never change. But there are things that I just need to have in my life, medically interventional type things, that make me feel better. I have extreme anxiety. I've had anxiety since I can't remember when. I mean, it's been probably my whole life so I have to have anxiety medication, and I used to be a little bit embarrassed to admit that. I'm no longer embarrassed to admit that, but I have to go to the doctor to maintain that medication and do the follow-up so they can talk to me. Sometimes we have to adjust doses. And, you know, I've tried to go off medication and been like, you know, I can do this myself. And it makes me struggle. You know, it affects everything. It affects my sleep, it affects my moods. And, you know, that is self-care, taking care of those things for myself. We go to the dermatologist when we have skin problems. If you have mood stabilization problems or mental issues, you need to also go to the doctor to get those medications as well. So that is a huge self-care priority for me. And I hope that if you are struggling with something like that, that you make that a huge priority too. There's nothing to be embarrassed about in getting medication that we need. That is absolutely self-care. And the last category i want to talk about in self-care is what makes you feel the most like you. What are things that we can do weekly, if not daily, that just remind us of who we are and make us feel a little more centered. So the first thing that i started doing and i do i do this daily is taking 15-minute breaks at least two or three times a day. Sometimes i get to working And I start to feel really frustrated. And you know that feeling where you just get that tight chest feeling and you're getting annoyed (laughs) and you can feel that you're about to, I don't know, lose your temper or blow something way out of proportion because it's just not working. Those are times that I just need to take a step back. I will literally set a timer sometimes for 15 minutes. I will make a cup of coffee and I will read a chapter in a book, or I will watch 15 minutes of a show that I really like, like friends or new girl or the office or parks and recreation just something like that that i know what's about to happen and <laughs> so there's no stress or i will listen to a playlist that matches the mood that i'm in or the mood that i need to get to just 15 minutes and so does it solve the problem that i'm frustrated by no but when i come back to that problem i'm a little less keyed up i have also started to cook more now i'm not a terrible cook but i'm not a great cook <laughs> And, you know, being single, sometimes I will tell myself, well, it doesn't do any good to cook. You're not going to be able to eat all this. It's too much for one person, blah, blah, blah. And then I'll just end up eating peanut butter toast, you know, every day for dinner, which is not healthy. So I actually signed up this week for HelloFresh. I don't know if it will work. <laughs> I've never tried. This is not an ad. I am paying for this with my own money. But my first delivery is tomorrow because I just really have started to enjoy trying new things seeing if I can actually cook something, making breakfast casseroles, making chili, trying new soups. You know, there's something about thinking you're worth the effort that is really nice. And it is another form of self-care. So maybe it is too much for one person, but I will have leftovers for tomorrow. And if it's really good, I can eat it again. So there's really no excuse for me not trying when I have, especially when I work from home and I have a whole kitchen that I can use. There's no reason I should be eating cereal for lunch. Unless it's Fruit Loops, because they are delicious. Okay, so this is one that I actually really do struggle with still, as a reformed people pleaser, but this has made a huge difference in my day-to-day life. And it is a huge form of self-care, and that is saying no. You know, people ask us to do things all of the time, professionally, socially. Most of the time, I have no problem saying yes to things, but I have a real problem saying no to things I don't want to do, because I don't want to hurt people's feelings. I don't want to let anyone down. I want to be there when they need me. But sometimes saying yes to someone really is not good for me. It it messes up my schedule, or it, you know, makes me exhausted, and sometimes I just need to say no. And I've been so bad also about saying no and then giving a bunch of qualifiers like, oh, I would, but, you know, I've got to do this. No, 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 no. I can just say no. Now, it's harder if you have friends or family that you're saying no to. You you, you know, you can tell them the reasons why. But you don't always have to. Like, people don't need to know everything. Just say no. And it makes your week a lot smoother (laughs) when you're actually doing the things that you really want to do. Now, of course, there are times that we absolutely have to do things that we don't want to do. I'm not talking about those kind of things. I'm just talking about social obligations that you just don't necessarily have to do. You can say no. And that is a lesson that I am learning, but it is something that has helped me a lot. And then on the completely other side of that coin, another thing that I have started really trying to make time for because It is spiritual self-care, is spending time with people that love me at least once a week, in person, face-to-face. Every Wednesday night, there are two girls that I love, Lane and Stacey, and we get together and we will either watch a movie or sometimes we'll just sit and talk. We usually eat spaghetti that Lane makes because it's fantastic. Sometimes we watch The Bachelor when it's on. They actually got me into The Bachelor. I mean, it's, it's like a car crash, guys. You just... It's so bad, but you can't look away. But those face-to-face meetings with, with people that I can talk to, that I know I can show up in pajamas with no makeup and they don't care, is so healing and good for me. I have a really bad tendency to shut myself off, especially if I'm having a hard time. I will not talk to anybody, and then I will be hurt that no one reaches out. But I have to make myself sometimes... Force myself, even if I don't feel like getting out of the house, to go and be present with friends. Because when I get there, I always feel like it was worth it. I always enjoy it and I need it. I also talk with one of my other friends, Ashley. We talk every day on the phone. Sometimes it'll be a few weeks before I see her in person, but that's okay because we check in with each other every single day. In fact, If I don't hear from her and we don't talk on the phone, I get a little worried and vice versa. She begins to worry about me because there's just something about the comfort of that one person checking in with you every day. And sometimes we talk about nothing. Sometimes it's literally like, I've got to tell you one thing and she'll tell me something and then I've got to go, you know, it's fine. But it is self-care in the form of being heard, being seen and feeling safe. And it's huge. You know, asking for help, telling them that there are things that you're having a hard time with, and letting them be there for you, letting them pray for you, letting them in. Being vulnerable is a huge form of self care, that it's something I have a hard time with, always have, probably always will, but it is absolutely worth it because we can't always shoulder everything ourselves. We can't bear the burden of ourselves sometimes and the things that we have to go through. We have to share it sometimes with other people that want to help us, that want to love us. And I also try my best to be that way for those people too, for my friends. I know that they need that as well. I want to be their shoulder to cry on. And it makes me feel better to know that I am needed in that way as well. So being around people that love you is a huge form of self-care that we all need to partake of daily. And then lastly, I'm just trying to be kinder to myself on a daily basis You know, sometimes if I heard someone talking to someone the way that I talk to myself, I would want to punch them. It would be unacceptable. But for some reason, it's like we think it's okay to say terrible things to ourselves. And I do it all the time. Um, I heard a girl say one time that she wore like a hairband around her wrist and would pop it every time she had a negative self-thought. And like, it was like 400 times that she did that. And I believe it because we're just so hard on ourselves. You know, all of these things that I talked about, like these self-care routines and the pampering, do I do them all the time? No, I don't. I mess up a lot. I do stupid things daily. (laughs) I put my foot in my mouth. I embarrass myself. I make people upset. You know, I am a human being and I'm really hard on myself. And I think we all are, but we really do need to learn to cut ourselves some slack there is a song by Andrew Peterson that I really love called Be Kind to Yourself. I'll put that in our Resting Church Face playlist on Spotify. It's such a great song because it just talks about how we've got to learn to, he says, love your enemies too, which you know he's talking about himself. Like we have to learn to love ourselves because God doesn't see us the way that sometimes we see ourselves. In fact, he never sees us. I think the way that we see ourselves, I think he sees us with so much more grace and love and kindness. And we have to try to see ourselves that way a little bit too. And really, I think that is the ultimate form of self-care. So if you're feeling a little stressed and ragged this week, I hope that this episode gave you a few good self-care ideas. So go make that haircut appointment. Go outside and sit on your porch, listen to the birds, take a walk. If you have time and money, Book a vacation. Take the whole week. That would be fantastic. But let's all agree to do one thing for ourselves this week that makes us feel better, even if it's just going into your kitchen and making a really good cup of coffee. This week on Netflix, they released the newest season of Documentary Now, which is one of the funniest shows I've ever seen. So it is a show where they spoof real-life documentaries. And I believe it was created by Fred Armisen, Bill Hader, um, That Saturday Night Live gang, John Mulaney writes a lot of the things. But I will say my favorite, absolute favorite one that they do is their spoof of Grey Gardens, which if you've ever seen the original documentary, you know it's about a relative of Jacqueline, Jacqueline Kennedy Onassis It's a mother and daughter who became these recluses that were, they did things like wearing pants on their head and they would do like these dances, but they were living in a house like infested with raccoons. I mean, it's a real documentary. It was really kind of a sad story, but their spoof on Grey Gardens is Bill Hader and Fred Armisen pretending to be these women. And then the twist at the end, I cackled when I watched it, but all of them are funny Especially, especially if you have seen the original documentaries or you know anything about them. So the newest season was released this week. I just watched the first episode. It was so funny. It was about, um, a, I think his name is Werner Hart- Herzog. I think that's how you say his name. Some documentary that he did. And it's Alexander Skarsgård and Fred Armisen playing a guy who's trying to do a documentary about like the Urdu people along with at the same time in the same location, a sitcom called The Bachelor Nanny. <laughs> it's just... So if you enjoy that kind of humor where it's like deadpan, but it's so funny if you know the real story, you will love this. So Documentary Now, it's on Netflix. You should check it out. All right, guys, that's it for this episode. Thank you so much for hanging out with me again this week. And thanks also for continuing to leave such great reviews and ratings on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. And for following and subscribing and telling your friends about it, it just really means so much to me. If you would like to find me on Instagram, it is super easy. I am at Resting Church I hope you have a fantastic week and let's get together again soon.